I had visions, I was in them, I was looking into the mirror to see a little bit clearer the rottenness and evil in me. Fingertips have memories, mine can't forget the curves of your body. And when I feel a bit naughty, I run it up the flagpole to see who salutes. Bah, I'm not sick, but I'm not well. And I'm so hot, cause I'm in hell. Hello, army of cunts. Welcome to the Hot Mess Comedy Hour. My name is Andrea. And my name is Emily. And today we have another remote guest, number two, baby, equally as special as number one. You love him. He's a comedian. His name is Sam Evans. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me, Hot Mess. Oh, thank you for being here. I love that you laughed immediately at Army of Cunts. It really brought joy to my face. uh, it, It gets me. I love it. It's great. Seeing human happiness is a fetish of mine now. (laughs) (laughs) Or just seeing humans. Watching my friends laugh. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I think you had a tweet, actually, Sam, that was like, I miss hearing my friends laugh or something like that. It was like really early on in the Corona journey. It was, um, I think it was like, at first I thought like, man, not touching my face is hard. And now it's like, actually not hearing my friends laugh is hard. That's probably the the most difficult part about this. Not hugging people. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing that tweet and being like, oh man, I'm not going to experience that type of like feeling for a a long time. Yeah, it kind of reminds me. I don't know if you guys ever saw Orange is the New Black on Netflix. Mm -hmm. No. Okay, well, in season one, there's an iconic scene when the lead uh, character, Piper, she's getting her hair washed and cut by, like, the resident hairdresser, quote-unquote, at the prison. And she's like, her eyes are rolling in the back of her head, and she's saying, like, it's been so long since anyone touched me. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that right now. Yeah. Human touch. Yeah. I mean, both of you are quarantined with your significant other. So you do have. Yeah. And I mean, listen, I am here to say openly and honestly, it is easier. Yeah. Yeah, no shit. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> it's, oh, it's hot easier. Take, you fucking asshole. Is it? Yeah. Like <laughs> you're. Like I'm really listening breaking ground with the whole having another person around. You. No, but I'm saying like, you know, we are all feeling lonely and there are hardships uh, no yeah. matter what are your we? situation is. But mm-hmm. it is well, a lot easier when you're not looking at yourself in the mirror and that's the only person you have to talk to. Emily, let me ask you this. Do yeah. you find and I don't know if this is prying too much. Do you find that they're as nice as it is to have somebody else? Uh, you are at each other's throats more often, right? There's a tension that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not at each other's you find throats. That your girlfriend oh. is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we're not at each other's throats, but there are certain things that I'm starting to notice that uh, I didn't notice before. Oh, well, you're also in your blissful first year relationship. I mean, yeah, that's Sam, true. You've been. With your signi- with your significant other Carmen, uh, for what? How long have you been together for? Five, just just five years. Right as quarantine started, we had our five year relationship. <laughs> Happy anniversary! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I 
But but we we did just move in together actually, which is also kind of fun because oh, we're finally shacked and up. Now and you. now it's like, well, now oh. we can't leave. Yeah. That's what you get for yeah, moving in together. I know, right? <laughs> you super moved in together. Yeah. I feel well, like it moved all the couples into like old like old married couple status. Like you guys moved into like 50s style relationships where you go to the store, you know, you go for a walk. Mm-hmm. And you just, all you do is talk to one another. Yeah. No, you know? we're living like retired married couples down in Boca Raton with nothing to do but go to the grocery store and to CVS and back. Yes. That is a sentiment that I have seen so much over like Twitter and Instagram is just like, oh, this is like a, a retirement that we're experiencing yeah. ahead of yeah. time. And I'm also eating pureed food. So yeah, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I'm retiring alone, which is how I will retire in real life. But in real life. Yeah, but you'll retire in like a house in the mountains in Canada or some shit. Yeah. We've we've seen those pictures of your mom's home. You fucking jackass. Yeah, don't play. (laughs) (laughs) Don't try to play us like you're not inheriting multiple homes and fancy cats. Yeah, I gotta go back to Oops. Northwest Ohio. It fucking sucks. <laughs> Cat's out of the bag, baby. Mama's rich and she's giving it to me. Because <laughs> she doesn't have anybody else and neither will I. Yeah, my mom does. She she drives. God, she yesterday she FaceTimed me while she was getting her Porsche detailed. And she drives <laughs> from both of her houses in the woods uh, and, you know, hangs out with the designer cat. And, you know, it really makes me think about my lifestyle as a f- artiste uh, because <laughs> it's becoming glaringly obvious the class difference. Well, in, uh, you could have married a rich man who was a cheater who would inevitably leave you with half his money. But now it's too late. You're in their 30s. I know. So. <laughs> I'm done. It ain't happening. I'm done. It ain't happening, <laughs> sis. Fine. Um, but Everyone's on got their journey. On that note, I I do remember because you sent us a sound check um, maybe mm-hmm. a week ago, just so we could prepare for the whole remote situation. Um, and I remember yeah. you saying that Carmen, your girlfriend, is making you do eight minute abs. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, what about it? What does that entail exactly? Like different uh, exercises, circuits? It's exactly what you think. Like it, that was like a trend in like, I want to say late 80s into the 90s of like, yeah. you yeah. know, fitness. And you can, if you go on YouTube, you can find like a lot of that era of like. I yeah. love that. I love the exercise videos from that yeah. era because everybody wears like neon tights and thong yes. leotards. Full, I want that to come back. Suits. Yes, you can find those you know, amazing. right now. Uh, and Do you know who's doing that right now? Sorry to interrupt. Oh, go ahead. David Spector is doing um, Richard Simmons works at workouts, our friend oh. of the show, David Spector. And I was like, please, please, please have your girlfriend videotape that. I would pay enormous <laughs> amounts of money to watch your tiny little body. <laughs> I feel like the indoor workouts are humiliating. I feel humiliated. By no, them. I, I told myself I, I would no never do it. Them. Yeah, it is, and it's it is, now there's a, a. It feels very. You feel very silly doing it. It's yeah. There's no getting around it, and you're also well, in that, pain. Yeah, yeah, and like, how do you motivate yourself to keep doing planks off a of bed? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
It's like it feels different because the bed is right there. I could be lying in the bed. If you're at the gym, like the alternative is you're lying down on a mat and everyone's staring at you like you're a lazy fuck. Yeah, I go to the gym to feel less than and to work towards feeling better <laughs> that's than. what motivates no you no one sees me when i'm like watching a swedish woman do i swear to god i can't do another fucking burpee in my goddamn life no and they it, all they all start out like this is so easy and simple and by the end you're like ah no and by the end of the cycle they're like okay now just do that five times yeah have you experienced so that and you're like oh yeah i'm gonna do that five times i'm lying on the floor in fetal position yeah, absolutely. but but there was one day that I did. I was sick of being inside. It rained like five days in a row and it's finally kind of nice. And I went up to the roof because um, there's roof access in this apartment. And mm-hmm. I started yeah. doing jumping jacks. And then I got a text from my boyfriend's roommate saying that I made a crack in the ceiling. So <laughs> that's great. <laughs> you fat fuck. <laughs> now granted I know it was the, one of the most humiliating experiences of my life because this roommate doesn't really talk to us yeah the, I've only ever gotten a text from him because I made a crack in the roof you know what I mean he's very like he keeps to himself mostly we see him here or there but he's a man of very few words Mm-hmm. except we've been following him on Instagram and he has this whole other online um, presence. So that's how I keep in touch with him. Like he does these food reviews. He has all these different flavors of drinkable yogurt and he'll just talk to the camera. I don't really know who he's doing it for because he doesn't have a lot of followers or anything, but he'll be he's like, okay, for him. today okay. I am Us reviewing have the to have fun. Today I am reviewing the Stony Brook Farms strawberry drinkable yogurt. <laughs> And he'll give like a like a star rating out of 10. He's very um, thorough, actually. I wish I could trade places with this guy so I could come live with you guys. Send him to my apartment. I've been alone for so long. It's not the worst idea. Although I think that Andrea and I would drive each other crazy more than um, any couple would. Rude. You don't think so? Okay. (laughs) No, I don't think so. I mean, I feel like it's more on your end, but... um, I understand. Well, yeah, well, you would drive do, me crazy. You've been, it, well, every time sweet, I talk to Andrea on the say. phone, she it's this is how it goes. It's like, hey, how you doing? Oh, nothing. I just I had a breakdown today. I don't know if you heard, but a 30 year old died of coronavirus and he had no prior health conditions. <laughs> like every okay. day I'm learning Listen, of a different I've, animal I've, that I've died. The decision to stop reading the news. <laughs> that's good. This no, is, I honestly uh, think that's good. That is what it's like at my house, though, is because I will wake up every day and Carmen, who I get it. How do you not open Twitter or like the news or anything and read obsessively? But I'll just wake up. I'll roll over like, you know, you look at like your your partner in the eyes and you're like, ah, a new day together. And she's like, more young people dying, no symptoms. And it's just like, (laughs) can you give me like five minutes? Just give me five minutes before you launch. I'm I'm Emily's Carmen. (laughs) Well, I feel like. If you're if you're prone to paranoia, something like this is just a fucking sure. hellstorm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Because it's like 
you know, normally I can walk myself back from the paranoia because everything in the real world reflects normalcy. So it's like I like to entertain conspiracy theories sometimes. I like to learn about the Holocaust. I like to listen to Tim Dillon for six hours. All that is fine and good when I can walk outside and like have a coffee and meet a normal person. Mm. Now I'm being left to my own devices. And we're in a reality now that has shifted so drastically so quickly Mm -hmm. that it's like I don't think that our minds have ever experienced anything like this nor I hope that we never have to again but then I start to think about it that like there have been pandemics before like this is within the realm of something that does happen within human existence you just don't think it's going to be your generation you're like haha cholera lol and then here we are Mm -hmm. COVID-19 what a fucking mind fuck. Yeah. It, yeah. But I did have to make the decision to stop. I listened to Tim Dillon's podcast and it's very funny and dark and interesting, but I started entertaining the notion that the virus was man-made <laughs> in a way. T- <laughs> oh yeah, this a was a uh, this was another text message I got the other day which was uh <laughs> hey i've been doing extensive research and um it turns out it's highly unlikely that the virus was man made okay no so this i'm going to wa- <laughs> i'm going to walk you down this this is this is the exact kind of personality type that carmen has too where it's you're somebody you can you can do research online for an hour and in your uh-huh. mind you're like I'm an expert on this I know the ins and outs oh, yeah. I know that there's people with PhDs out there but I've done a lot of like cross referencing <laughs> and I get it it is yeah do you know about DNA and RNA vaccines because it's a breaking new technology okay <laughs> never before done when COVID-19 was released as a DNA sequence from Wuhan they started sequencing it in labs primarily in Canada and that is how they're developing the vaccine wow and yes I'm fine I'm fine everything's fine <laughs> Well, we also did discuss the possibility that somebody engineered this disease to eradicate the sluts, which I still think tracks. Yeah. I mean, here I am. The, I'm the biggest slut in the room, I would say. And who got sick first out of this group? This I'm guy. just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. All right. And on that note, um, why don't I read a review? Hit it. Please. You guys are really making our lives complete with your reviews and Patreon subscriptions. Yes. Thank thank you you for your reviews. Uh, We would definitely appreciate more. It really does help the podcast. And what else do you have to do? Yeah. Nothing. Um, Also, we have 299 reviews right now. So if you act quickly, you might be the 300th. If that excites you, that type of thing. All right. Whatever the fuck you need, just do it. (laughs) This review is by E.B. Orr interesting and the title is hilarious raw and honest thank you andrea and emily do not hold back and talk openly about their lives in new york they don't hesitate to get deep into their guests personal lives too they somehow get their guests to open up while still bringing the humor as they discuss their past hurts or heartbreaks i love listening to the show Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Sweet fucking review. Yeah, you light up my life. I go into the specifics. It's really awesome. Um, And, uh, you know, I really appreciate people taking the time to do that. Maybe you raise me up. You're the light in my tunnel while I'm researching whether or not the Chinese government is turning us into a surveillance (laughs) state. So thank you so much. (laughs) 
Hello, Emily here. I'm so sorry to interrupt this riveting recording, but I want to know what are the plant-based army of cunts doing during quarantine? Are you just heating up a bowl of rice and mashing it together with some butternut squash? Because I know from personal experience when I was a vegetarian, that can get real old real quick. So we would like to offer a meal delivery service that would be extremely beneficial to everyone who is following a plant-based diet in quarantine, and that is Saqqara. Saqqara is a nutrition company that believes wellness begins with what you eat. Now, I know that everybody uh, is working from home. It can be real tempting to just heat things up in the microwave and continue about your day, but I have been cooking in quarantine and Slamdy has been cooking in quarantine a lot. And it really does make you feel so much better to eat wholesome, nutritious meals. I would highly recommend anybody who's looking for specifically plant-based meals to check out Saqqara. Um, and in addition to their delicious meals, Saqqara also offers daily essentials like supplements and herbal teas to complete your wellness routine and support overall health and vitality. To boost immunity, try their best-selling daily probiotic blend or detox water drops with pure chlorophyll. Yeah, get that plant shit in your system, ladies. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their order when they go to sakara.com slash hot mess or enter code hot mess at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash hot mess to get 20% off your order. Sakara.com slash hot mess. So uh, as we were talking about sex work before our sluts, before Emily sent me a link to an article um, that was quite interesting. It's getting a little heat online. This article like, took the introduce... internet by storm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I need to read an article that isn't about, uh, you know, the coronavirus jumping from species to species. So this was a, a nice relief. So what is this What is this about? Who, who wrote this, by the way, the article? So this article was in um, the notorious Mel magazine. Ooh, okay. And the title is Why Won't Woke Boys Pay for Sex? Mm. Bernie bros, male feminists, and good guy liberals all support sex work, but for some reason they aren't paying girls like me for sex. So basically... Good guy liberals. <laughs> I love that. So basically... Do you know I, how many fucking good guy liberals have ghosted me? I'm on board with this bitch. They're all, they're all skinny and they all play the guitar. And they all fucking fuck with your emotions. Fucking white, white knight cunts. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently, so apparently it's, um, there's this hot debate in the sex worker community about like mm -hmm. what it means to truly support sex work as an institution and want it to be legalized and everything. And mm. the, um, I want to say hypothesis, but I think that's the wrong word. The um, thesis. The, the, the thesis. Yeah. Thank you, smart people. The thesis of the article is basically like, if you truly support sex work, you shouldn't just uh, support it from the sidelines as like an ideology. You should um, actually put your money where your mouth is and pay a sex worker for sex. I'm so, you go in there and you suck and you fuck <laughs> for justice. I'm so excited to tell my girlfriend that I have to solicit a prostitute so I can keep being a good guy liberal. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> Wait, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read like a short excerpt that I liked. Okay. It seems that some Go of ahead. these self-assured good guys are still chasing the conquest of pussy. In quotes. <laughs> Perhaps to them, Venmoing someone for it would be an abdication of their masculinity. That flies in the face of anti-prostitution feminists who see Johns, regardless of how kind and respectful they may be to sex workers, as the embodiments of patriarchal misogynistic violence. Okay. Um, Yeah, this article is interesting. I I feel like the driving point of it, like that you have to pay for sex work to prove that you believe in it is misguided. But I do, there was a part of it, which I liked, or I found interesting in that a lot of the, like the particular writer of the article, I believe, or the person that they were discussing is a trans person. And she was talking about a lot of these guys Well, like specifically like white liberal dudes will like take her out on a date and like wine and dine her and and sleep with her. And then afterwards we'll just like and and sort of make it seem as if they're interested in her as like a real person and not a conquest, not like a quote unquote. And I'm using this as like. But they're still paying her. Yeah, well, yes, but but I think they 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 make it seem as if they have genuine interest in her and. It, it, but really what it is is like a conquest. Like I believe she said like uh, like their tranny fantasy something, or she-male. Like she used like a derogatory term sort of to describe the way that these dudes view it under the surface because then they go back and they and then they ghost her and then they continue to like date heterosexual women. So I think her point being like it's frustrating for her to go on what she believes is a real date and then – them just like wanting to sleep with her and treat her as like as like an other or like a type of like uh taboo conquest and then like she would rather be paid for what it really is i think is what she's saying you know like like this is really you trying to have sex with someone who uh you view as like you know outside of your normal range and you should just pay me if you think if you feel like it's something you want to check off your box, you know? I, I do. I, I do understand that. I feel like that's um, that's like a a blown up version of a, how a lot of women feel about like going on first dates with men that they think just are trying to sleep with them. It's like the you would prefer somebody be upfront and direct and nobody lie about what they're doing than feel like there yeah. are uh, weird dance arounds and um, other intentions. Well, it's. Especially these like woke, you know, she goes after these like woke (laughs) Bernie bro type dudes. And I think the frustration there is that there's a lot of talk about um, marginalized people and then sort of like the same treatment of them behind closed doors. So I do understand that. I also think like I experienced this in a microcosm being like a very sexually open person and like a comedian. I mean, you and I have talked about this, Emily, but like. And female comedians in general, it's like, ooh, they're these like fast and loose women who who say anything, you know, like these liberal whores. And so the idea that like that because we're like that, we can kind of be treated as like an experiment or like a sideshow. Like I often, especially with more um, wealthy or, um, you know, I guess like 
um, privileged dudes, it does feel like they're pretending to find you charming or to find you actually interesting. But what they really want to do is just to like sleep with the slutty clown and then, you know, it, it's a little, it's a little uh, like you're their secret kind of thing. So I can understand right. the frustration of that right. feeling, you know. It's like if you're going to degrade me, at least Venmo me, you know. Yeah. Sam, Sam, have you ever yeah. paid for sex? I've never paid for sex. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to. You realize that you're not a feminist because you've never paid for sex, right? No. And I'm going <laughs> to, after we get done with this, I'm going to go and I'm going to pay for sex. <laughs> But you I'm better. gonna pay a man, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that is a great move. I love that. Um, I love. No, that. I've never paid for sex. I guess I think we went through a cultural shift, kind of because initially, kind of when I was like younger, the idea of paying for sex I think was more frowned upon. Not even from like like a like a shaming a woman standpoint, but just from like a, oh, this guy paid for sex, he can't get it, you know. Yeah. That's exactly uh, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what she's saying in the article. Is like people yeah. look down on Johns more than they even look down on sex workers now because there's yeah. still that um, stigma of like if you want to have sex, why don't you just go on an app and find someone to have sex with you? Like, are you that big of a loser that you have to pay someone? Which mm. is, you know, not I guess not kind, but at the same time, like I don't think there's anything weird about um enjoying the process of like earning somebody's affection like i think it's a very normal thing to want sure i don't know it left me feeling very confused i would love to hear what the army of cunts has to say about it Mm -hmm. well so do you feel if you were i don't know sam's such a like hard person to ask because sam's such a (laughs) such a lovely man liberal cuck You're such a liberal fucking. I mean, your lying. your album that's coming out is literally literally called "Sweet Baby Boy," <laughs> sure, and man. I think that's the most fitting title. <laughs> well, would you feel? And this article touches on it a little bit that you are participating in like a system where women are being uh, like. Not abused, but because more and more the onus is is on like more and more with sex work, women are able to like run their own businesses with it. Mm-hmm. They're able to take all the money. It's not in the same fashion as it used to be where they're like literally being pimped out. I mean, that does fully exist. But I think there's sort of like a leftover feeling of like, oh, does she really want to do this or is she in a desperate situation? Or like, do you f- do you feel kind of like you're playing into that system if you were to do something like this? I do now more than I used to. And I'll tell you exactly why is because Carmen and I will sometimes go and get couples massages. uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, it's come up a couple times before, you know, the, the concept of like a happy ending and sure and i was like i mean would you care if like that happened or i got one and she was like honestly i don't think i would care about the action really but i just don't think that you would get one and not have it be from some young girl who has been like trafficked or something like that right that yeah completely and not even like I, w- I wasn't like looking for you know but now it's just that completely ruins that fantasy as it should of course you know because it's yeah. just like oh i don't i don't want it from some fucking girl who's been sold a little, you know 
<laughs> a crying 15 year old. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's hard to separate, yeah, the idea of like, what am I paying for? You know, I, am I paying for sex or am I also paying for sex that then plays into like a greater nefarious kind of system, right? Where yeah, some really yeah. fucked up shit happens. Where is the money really going? Uh, are these women or whoever safe? You know, it's yeah. scary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And like, I was talking to Emily about this uh, before and like here, I, I, I always have compli- I have like dual feelings about sex work. On the one hand, I'm like, we live in this, heinous patriarchal society where your value is so so determined by your looks and you're treated so much more as a real person if you fit in certain beauty standards um so the idea of just like making a fuck ton of money at the expense of like this system kind of you know where men are like desperate to to uh have the affections or attentions of beautiful women Mm. like the idea of like capitalizing on that window and kind of like middle finger to these dudes i enjoy it's like kind of punk rock mm-hmm. in in a way but well, yeah because you're profiting it, off of them being pigs yes exactly and boy do i love that <laughs> as a headline but um on a lower level and i think uh, this is where i feel it's weird saying this but you still are playing into that system and you're perpetuating that ideology by taking money from and 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 some and some women do it to get an ounce of power in a world that doesn't give them any power and some women do it to make money in when they don't have other options like there's so many factors What would you do if your son was at home crying yeah. alone on the bathroom floor because he's hungry and the only way to feed him is to it's true though like you can't you can't view it in a vacuum because there's so many other things at play but unfortunately it puts a monetary value on your body and it makes you a commodity that can be bought and sold and that's where i start to feel sticky about it and i i I think it doesn't just happen in sex work it happens in like you know uh, a a trophy wife it happened like it happens in nuanced ways all throughout our society i mean how often especially in the wealthy you see an older man with like a much younger, more attractive woman. And immediately you're like, all right. And I speak about this, you know, my own father participating in this system. So it's like, it's not, you're not, it's hard to think that you're going to be viewed as a complete and total equal if you're some, if you depend on this person financially, Mm -hmm. it also traps you. Um, Right. And then you, and then you're, and then your value, you quote, you, you depreciate in value as you age. And then you're left as this kind of, you know, person that doesn't feel like they have a place in the world and it's really gross. Um, so I just, ugh, it's all like I was talking to a comedian <laughs> and Carmen posted something about like female comedians posting thirst traps, <laughs> your girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I think about it a lot in terms of like how much I up my, I talk, I use my sex appeal to get attention cause we're in entertainment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, how much of doing that is like coming at a cost on the back end in certain ways and, and how much, 
what's the line between being comfortable with your sexuality and like destigmatizing women's sexuality and how much is it you just playing that same system over and over again you know it's hard to know Mm -hmm. it's like it feels like there's no like clear-cut answer to it yeah and yeah. I think you're the only one that can answer it ultimately. You know what I mean? All, people are always going to have different levels of judgment about what you're doing, especially as a woman, you know, like yeah. if you want to exhibit this amount of sexuality, some people are going to look at it and be like, this is empowering. This is great. And then some people are going to look at it and give you eye rolls at best, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. I think it really, you have to be the ultimate one who's like, no, this is good for me. This is what I like. This is what I feel like doing with my body right now. Yeah. And yeah, if you don't like it, I'm sorry, but that's it. You know? You're my representative. Yeah. If it's you Sandy, don't like, like it, don't like I'm it. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do think about it a lot. I mean, I I've been I've been putting pictures of my butt online and getting Ven mode, so I've been I've been <laughs> Yeah, you, you're sex a sex work. worker. You're actually probably the most qualified to be talking about this, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I mean ah, I don't know. Money's fun, dude. At the end of the day, it's like it's so bad out there money's fun money's fucking great i mean especially that like go for it you know i say yeah it feels so benign um Mm -hmm. but i don't know i don't know i think everyone has their line that they're willing to cross or where they're willing to go and i think it changes from person to person hello friends it's me again Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I don't know, maybe the fact that you can't leave your house and you've forgotten what it feels like to touch another human being. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. I mean, I know how difficult it is to get therapy under normal circumstances, but now we don't even want to enter a doctor's office. So I think virtual therapy is a brilliant idea and can really get you started in your mental health journey from the comfort of your home. You can Skype with a therapist. You can text your therapist. I mean, come on. How many times have you been sitting in your bed in the middle of a breakdown and um, you could have been doing a lot better if you could just text a professional? Visit betterhelp.com slash hot mess. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. There's a special offer for Hot Mess listeners, which is 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Hot Mess. That's BetterHelp.com slash Hot Mess. Get your mental health right, girl. I'm thinking about getting an OnlyFans, although Emily rolls her eyes at at the at me getting an OnlyFans, which I'm curious to know why. An OnlyFans is like like a pay, right? Like they log in, they pay, and yeah. you show them dot, dot, dot. Whatevs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like a Patreon, and, and you decide what kind of dot, dot, dot they get to sure. have. Um, yeah. So, Emily, what are, what are your feelings? Give it to me raw, baby. The real reason oh, is baby, because... baby, I like it raw. You... Okay, this is what it is. You take on so many projects and, uh. you know, 
It's, you don't it's a question seem, of time management. It's time man <laughs> it is a hundred percent time management. You really? take on uh so many projects and you have trouble, you know, completing everything in a week that you have to and this is not a dig on you it's just something that I notice because you're very Mm. ambitious and you take on a lot of things so do you really want to take on the project of like showing your ass to a bunch of strangers and like like do you really think this is helping you or is it just like something that you want to try because you think it's exciting um Money is the answer to the question that you're asking. Right. But um, if you, but I, w- <laughs> it, it's at what cost it's at what it's like at how much money I could get. Like, it's I think like that's a, a oh. that's a short term gratification thing. Whereas like if you focused more on, on priority a versus um, priority ass, mm-hmm. then you, you could make money diagram. from doing things that, actually require talent and your hard work Ooh, ooh! you don't think that you don't think that sitting on a watermelon requires talent emily wait what did you you just sit on a watermelon (laughs) i didn't but we have we We have have a friend friend who likes to watch videos of very overweight women sitting on fruit i get the appeal of that yeah I get it. So, so do you I'm get do go. you get the appeal? Yeah, for sure. I get the appeal because I think it's like yeah. a little bit. I think it's it's um, taboo. It's not taboo. It's just like unexpected and not normally what you would yes. log on and see, like on a porn site. Uh-huh. Now, now, now I have my extra grocery store trip for sex related fruits. <laughs> I have my regular grocery bag, yeah. and then I have my. Dirty grocery bag. And a Duncan Hines that, uh, mix. The first lady that did did that go through like a trial and error of fruits where she's like, okay, watermelon's good. Should we try pineapple? <laughs> Pineapple's a pineapple. Might a push, hurt. But... Might hurt. <laughs> Might Come be a good lots. exfoliant though. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Pineapple. Yeah. You you are right that I mean I did this very I did this very typical reaction that uh, you know, as we've talked about, I'm a type A motivated person, also an insanely paranoid and um, intense person, where at the beginning of quarantine, I was like, all right, 25 different projects, and then I'm going to do the workout, and then I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And like, I just realized, I'm like, no, 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 just maintaining mentally is basically the goal of this whole thing. Um, So I haven't made any progress on my OnlyFans, however, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) Well, okay, I mean... can I just say one more thing and then we can move on? Please. Okay. Just, I, I love that your concern was business oriented. It's a hundred percent business oriented. Me. Like I just feel like there's <laughs> other ways that you could be contributing to the business rather than, wow. you know, collecting this money on the side. Let's, ah. let's, let's focus on the green between us, but you're going to call the better business bureau on me. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, Okay. Lest we not forget, a few years mm-hmm. ago, you had a particularly bad breakup and you mm-hmm. launched an Instagram just for your ass. And can I ask you a question? Did that get you anywhere professionally? <laughs> no. No, it did not. So, and yeah, what's maybe the difference? I'm single right now and I'm pining 
for attention from 25 different fake white woke guys. And maybe, yeah, okay, yeah. What was the Instagram? Hot ass cold cuts? And that was exactly what it was. Did it get me somewhere professionally? It brought Sam joy. And it made connections. <laughs> Networking. <laughs> yeah. I look back at that Instagram and I'm like, what a sad lady you were during that time period. Holy shit. Yeah. Worst things. They were pretty yeah. tame photos. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you saw them. Yeah. Okay, good. Good to know. I, I saw them. Yeah, yeah, it was like a, a milkshake <laughs> balancing on her ass. Yeah. What am I going to sit here and lie to my friend? I saw them. <laughs> good. I appreciate your honesty, <laughs> Sam. Um, so, well, uh, yeah, Sam, I, mean, I we I, I want to make sure that we have enough time because all of this talk of sex work and you know OnlyFans is taking away a little bit from you. And on this show, we like to ask our guests why they think they are a hot mess. You can take that oh, question man. anywhere, but I want to direct that to you. Why? Ooh, well. Okay, this is really, um, I would tell you that up until about a year ago, and even still now, uh, I, I was fiscally a hot mess. Does that make sense? Sure. Just yeah. wildly broke and in debt. Did you have an OnlyFans account? I did not. I was not at that level. You, you know, could have made some money real quick. Sam. <laughs> That's true. Gives you friend advice. Yeah, hot ass cold. I'll do, mine, mine will be sweaty ass cold cuts. Um <laughs> I, uh, yeah, just, I was in uh, massive debt, uh, tax delinquent, we could say. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Big time. Which, and still I'm, I'm like now in the process of like working my way through that, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. the guy who is now like gradually, like every time my credit score improves, I'm just like, yes, yes. Get work your way up. Yeah. yeah. Um, feel that yeah so uh my money sitch is bad how else am i a hot mess i don't know nose was it was it because you've been like pursuing comedy and so everything is kind of like towards that cause and you're like whatever i'll i'll be like i'll make money at a later point and so this just like the end justifies the means yes i mean i i would also say it's just due to recklessness i don't want to like throw that aside i i could have made better decisions at any point but i do yeah you do you do justify shitty spending and stuff like that when you're pursuing a goal because you're like well at some point this will work itself out and it's like okay maybe you need to dial it in and think about your future a little bit so what kind of reckless spending are we talking about are we talking about just like day-to-day um purchasing like takeout or are we talking about like bigger things uh i would say day-to-day takeout that's the thing that really bugs me about my recklessness is it's not like i've never like gone to like a strip club and blown hundreds of dollars (laughs) i've never like gone to atlantic city and gambled my money away it's just been like which would all be great stories yes yeah yes but mine is i want chipotle every day and then i want uh (laughs) coffee i like i never cook at home you know what i mean I wait until yeah, the last yeah. second to book flights, this, that, the other, all of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind yeah. of carelessness that we're talking yes. about. A hundred percent. It's yeah. carelessness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also carelessness in New York City, which you can do a lot more damage in New York City with your carelessness, unfortunately. Yeah. And like, it's interesting that you bring up food because on your podcast, you guys talk about 
food a good amount. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, it seems like that's something that you kind of have like struggled in and out with. I mean, just based on like knowing knowing you, mm-hmm. um, is it does it does it function like? And, and Sam's not overweight by any stretch of the word, but does it? Are you? I would not categorize you say, as yeah, that. Yeah. No, I you seem in. like uh, you're in shape. I'm. I am five ten and about two hundred pounds right now, which is like okay, not obese. It is heavy. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how man. Yeah, works. I don't. I, yeah. yeah, I don't even know because. <laughs> but but to be honest with you, like those measurements, uh, and I like we don't have to get into this, but those mm. measurements of like what makes somebody overweight. Um, are kind of antiquated because people's bodies are different. Like you said, you're from the Midwest. People who are from the Midwest have generally a different body type than other people. And it's been like tested. You guys are smiling at me. You guys are smiling at me, but it's 100% true. They're taller (laughs) and bigger boned. No, I I do believe that. It's like a very cold place. There's a lot of mayo-based salads there, you know? (laughs) I love a mayo-based salad. Oh my God, I could talk for days about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I wonder, I, I, and I don't know about your personal relationship with like substances. I, I've never seen you be like drunk or like a, a known you to be like a drug abuser. That would be wild. No. Um, I'll get drunk, but maybe I do a couple times a year. Really get after it. A, Outside of that, I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I wish I had your brain. Does <laughs> but does does the food function as kind of like a, a substance of comfort in certain ways? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, and you that's the, I wasn't realized aware of that until late in life recently that I was like, Oh, I'm doing this because I don't want to think about anything else right now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've gotten into that with food here and there, but I also like, I, I there's not just, I mean, now that we call it disordered eating, I think men are more, app to like talk because i think eating disorder makes them feel kind of like emasculated mm. um yeah. but i think there's a lot of disordered eating in men and especially in using food as like a comfort I, I heard something like heroin gives you the, or sorry cheese gives you like the same chemical reaction as heroin does <laughs> i believe brain, it i believe it you ever try tracks. a sharp cheddar on a salami <laughs> yeah. fuck man it's good have I, it's can good. I pry, can i pry this much have either of you ever done heroin no, Unfortunately, not. not. Okay. Because no. in Train Spotting, it seems fucking awesome. Sure, that's a fun movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fun. Well, it's, fun movie. it's it's fun up until the dead baby crawling across the ceiling. Oh my god! Oh, Can I tell you? God. Can I? Okay, so I didn't see that movie until um, like last year, mm-hmm. and I was doing fine. I don't do great with like. Um, sensitive material violence needles going into arms like that's typically um it gives me sensory overload and i just start crying mm-hmm. um mm. but i was doing fine because that movie is like pretty funny and satirical at points mm-hmm. but then when we saw the dead baby i had tears coming down my face and i was mm-hmm. basically like ducking my head under the sofa and i was like all right well we've already gotten this far we might as well see if this comes around and then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse if you want just an indication of what my brain is like on a regular basis emily capture that moment when you saw the dead baby and that's how i am like Dur- during the pandemic the yeah yeah the pandemic well, is that baby for you oh my god well and also uh, I haven't tried heroin. I, I've I've struggled with my 
addictions, sex and alcohol are my two, you know, faves, um, fan faves. Um, but, um, but I do think like, obviously heroin's an extreme example, but I think food has, is given this like conventional safeness to it. So I think a lot more people have problems with it than we are like willing to talk about. Um, I I actually think think it's, I actually think it's because we've become very out of touch with our bodies and like what, like nobody has a regular relationship with food, even if they grew up and their parents didn't like limit certain foods and they were able to eat what they wanted and they had like a fine relationship with food. It seems like the second you're an adult, it's like there's messaging everywhere telling you that you can eat this, you can't eat this. And I think like that, that actually is the reason why people feel crazy around food is because we're out of touch with what we actually want and need. And we're always like trying to restrict certain things. And so then we double down on them when we can have them. Like I'm a firm believer in that. And I've definitely experienced that. I used to be overweight when I was a child, actually until I was 20. Um, And it was because like I would try to diet and I would try so hard and I really was trying. But the second I would have a food that I had deemed off limits, I would go absolutely crazy. I didn't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. Do you find that you experienced that? Like you would try to diet and then it would like backfire and you'd end up getting it back? Mm -hmm. Yes, very much so. The the, the yeah. I identify with that a lot. The uh, the foods, certain things, just set you off, and you can't seem to. Did you have? Do you mind if I ask? Did you have like a just a certain shift in mindset that changed everything for you? No, I I had like um, a very disordered relationship, and then through college, it actually got more disordered, but in the opposite direction. So okay. then I got really really thin. And restricted, honestly, almost everything that we would see as like unhealthy or Mm -hmm. um, like I was basically a raw vegan for a while. Um, And then I discovered um, this method of eating called intuitive eating. I've talked about it a lot on the show, but basically the idea is you eat whatever you want. There are no limits and there are no labels on good foods and bad foods. And Mm -hmm. I did go through a period when I felt crazy around everything because I'm like, oh, there are no limits. I don't know how to handle myself because there are no, I haven't set any rules for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to intuitively act around food. And then I think that probably lasted like six months to a year. And then after that, it slowly became like, okay, now I have convinced myself that I have free access to whatever I want, whenever I want. So I actually don't need to overdo it because I can have more later if I want it or not if I don't. Um, But I think people are scared to do that because we've taught people that if you eat these foods or if you eat this amount, then you're going off track and you're going to spiral out of control. But the real reason for that is because of the diet mentality that we tell people to do in the first place. Call your grandma. Seriously, she would love to hear from you. I know um, that if you're like me, you love hearing stories that your grandma tells from when she was young, you know, doing the jitterbug, doing the shag. And as we age, 
we start to forget those things. So this is why I actually think that this product is a wonderful gift to get your grandma, to get your mom or your dad. I actually did get this for my grandma last Christmas and she loved it. And that is StoryWorth. StoryWorth makes it fun and easy for your loved one to share their stories with weekly emailed story prompts, questions you've never even thought to ask. At the end of the year, your loved one will get their stories bound in a beautiful hardcover book. Strengthen your family bonds and grow closer to your loved one with every new story. I actually did gift this to my grandma and she got it in an email because <laughs> I have a cool grandma. She does know how to email. Um, she would get, what was your first job? Tell me about your childhood home, things like that. And they can really write as much as they want. But if your loved one doesn't have access to email, they can also arrange for somebody to call them and transcribe their stories. And I think it really is a beautiful way to get to know your family history and something for you to pass down to the next generation. Again, I think it's a great gift, and I think especially now if you're trying to keep in touch with family that you're maybe not able to speak to every day, it would be a lovely thing to show that you care and show that you still want to hear about their life and hear what they have to say. Give your loved one the most meaningful gift this year with StoryWorth. Get started right away without the need for shipping by going to storyworth.com slash HMCH. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash HMCH for $10 off. Storyworth.com slash HMCH. I also think you touched on something really important, which is like morality around it. There's a lot of morality around eating yeah. and and like being thin. I mean, I've noticed it. It's so funny. So oh, I was the heaviest I've been probably last Christmas. And I think I was definitely like in a complacent place and, and I was using food kind of as a as an out, you know, I'm like, go, I'm like eating diner food at 4am in my bed. It's not great. It's not a great <laughs> move. Um, I'm, I'm one of these people too, that does carry weight pretty well too. So I can go crazy for a while before you like actually start to notice, which I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty like body positive And I've always been like a big person. So the stigma about like being big, I'm like, I'm already a fucking huge, but I don't care. <laughs> sure. I'm wearing I'm wearing spandex pants. They're almost ripping. I don't give a fuck. Um, but the way that my mom treated me when she saw me being this heavy was so like, and she's a, a loving parent. I mean, she has her problems, but she was so disappointed. You know, it was like I'd had this year where I released a comedy album. I'd gotten written up in Forbes, you know, like it was a really successful year in terms of of my life there there was difficulties to it like anything but you know I've never had her treat me like a more of a failure just on that basis alone and and you know and she would try to shield it like in joke like she would say it in jokes in really hurtful ways um isn't that the best when people it's the best decide they can make jokes about your weight (laughs) I love one of my favorite quote jokes and quote was there was a picture of me from like a few years ago and she goes oh my god you were so skinny then Mm. and I was just like oh and 
I got really upset and she goes, well, it was a joke. And I'm like, what's the punchline? Like people love using jokes. <laughs> you want to talk about uh, jokes? Yeah, yeah. A carte blanche to like just say mean things. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, earlier this year I started exercising again and it was a good thing. I'm not, I, I, I'm happy with what it did for me. And I, and I felt like I needed to slow down with the way that I was dealing with food. But, um, She's never been more proud. You know what I mean? Like, like on the phone, she was just like, I'm so proud of you. And it's like, okay. God, if I'm like an unemployed piece of shit, but I'm thin and attractive, is that like my, and, and again, it like plays into that same system. It's like, there's no winning. It's not set up for you to win. Yeah. Hey, maybe You'll- you could start an OnlyFans account just for your mom. Like an only <laughs> mom's me. account. <laughs> of me just like running down the street and like and like going on dates with rich men who don't care about me yeah like, then finally. under everything she'll comment like good job sweetie you're doing so good we're so proud of you <laughs> just slap that food i mean so what is what is your parents relationship towards uh food sam um they were heavy my whole life um, mm-hmm. And then my father, they they both did Weight Watchers probably like, mm-hmm. I don't know, seven to ten years ago. And they both lost yeah. a lot of weight. My father has mostly kept it off. My mom has not. She is mm. very big again. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I do that thing that I think a lot of kids do, which is very unfair to my mom, where sometimes I'll look at her and I'll be like, oh, I am just doomed to just be like you. And you have yeah. doomed me to this life. And it's, you know, it's <laughs> bullshit. It's like, I'm my own person. It's not her fault, you know? Um, sure, sure. So, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like that. I do think that, not to put it entirely on them, but I did learn relatively unhealthy eating habits and an unhealthy relationship to food from them, for sure. Yeah. It was like a family yeah. thing. My mom's from the South. She was a Southern cook. Everything is oh. better mm-hmm. with oh my butter God. and cream and yeah. salt. Oh, you know? slay me in half, queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got it honest, you know? Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's mm-hmm. yeah. Let it's me, hard. It's also... Sorry. Go ahead. Do you, no, go ahead. I want to ask you guys this because this is the one thing about my body that... Or, or I guess the way that I feel about my body. And I wonder if women mm. have a similar thing to this. Because I have talked mm-hmm. to male friends of mine who are in a similar situation to, my, to me where they're either a little chubby or just overweight. And it's a mm-hmm. thing where other men, and it's always men that are in shape, will like rub your belly or grab your <laughs> man tits or like and <laughs> jiggle your belt like they think it's like a fun thing and i have talked really? to so many yeah, yeah dude and it is like it, it i am i am rarely an angry person or at least to the not to the point where i yeah, want to fight i don't think fight. i've ever seen you angry in my life <laughs> that is the most angry i ever get is when another man like touches my belly to like make me feel shitty i'll i'll fucking kill him like i hate it so much and i think it's that uh, ugh, uh, it's just and I just God. I wonder, oh my God horrible yeah and I don't ever no, see I, women I would do that absolutely to women. freak out no yeah. I have never had another woman grab my belly or anything I I think I would drop kick anyone who did that yeah I think it's like yeah, an I offshoot like, of locker room culture maybe I don't know it's maybe yes. yeah like slapping each other on the ass for a job well done 
Yeah. That, that yeah, more than no, and, Andrea, have you shit. ever had somebody do that to you? No. Well, although I think, I mean, we had this conversation a little bit with Billy Presida, and I, like, didn't want to entertain it because Billy infuriates me so much, but he does make good points in this area. Uh, I hate when Billy is right, but sometimes he is. Is that, like, well, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, so I think for women it is very, very frowned upon to make fun of a woman for her weight or even woman-on-woman crime, like making fun of another woman for her looks is just very, very, like, off-limits. It's a no-go. Which it, sh- which it should be. Um, but it's because we're so heavily criticized all the time and it's a script that we're running constantly in our head anyway. So it's kind of the the idea of, like, don't pile on to an already, like, very difficult, constant struggle. Yeah. Um But men, I think, on the one hand, the idea that like a man can be kind of chubby, but super smart or like funny or like there's other attributes that you can have that make you just as attractive. Like I've dated men of all weights and sizes and body types and really like I'm much attracted to the package of the person as a whole. Um, so it's like you have, you have sort of like an advantage in that sense that you're viewed as like an, a, a, an entire person a lot more, but on the flip side, it's kind of like, because you have that privilege now we get to say whatever we want about you because you know what I mean? Like we get to be like, who gives a fuck? You're, you fucking rule the world, you know? And that like men have no feelings about that when, uh, men's body types are just as restrictive and like what's considered conventionally attractive, yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you're not tall and ripped, then you're like not considered um, TV ready if you're a man. Yeah. For sure. Which is also just such an unrealistic thing. Like the majority of men aren't tall and ripped, you know? No, no. absolutely yeah. not. Also touching, mm-hmm. touching men, touching other men. I, I, I mean, I love I love that, but not in that context. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um I see the opposite thing happen with women a lot, which is you know, if a woman voices any sort of dislike or concern about her body, then people will start chiming in like what? You're not fat. You look Beautiful perfect. Goddess. You're gorgeous. <laughs> You're flawless. You know what I mean? And I yeah. think I that kind yes, of, queen. Yes, queen. <laughs> me in half, queen. Um, but to be honest, that kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit too, because it's implying that if I am fat or if I have like, uh, if I if I'm if I'm noticing that I have like big thighs or big belly or like something like that, that that I can't have that and also be beautiful and also be worthy. Mm-hmm. People have to like jump on that and be like, oh, no, you're not. You're gorgeous and you're stunning and you have a perfect body when like maybe I don't. And maybe that's OK. I can still yeah. be like a worthy person. Yeah. And- do do when guys do that. Is that like male bonding or is it like actual bullying? No, do you I feel? don't. Like, I don't. Do- I have never felt like it's male bonding. I quite. Yeah, quite the it's opposite. Bu- it's like a. Yeah, I think it's a very subtle way to bully someone without it being like a as aggressive. Like it's trying to be yeah. playful, but ultimately it's like a yeah, you're a fat piece of shit and you know it and I know it and I hate it. I oof. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's also um 
a lot of my exes are very thin. I, I love a, <laughs> I love an emaciated man. <laughs> um, no need to look into that psychologically, but um, I've always felt, and I and I. I, I've always felt that I like men with unconventional body types because I feel as if I've always had one. Mm. So I think that they understand what it's like to be treated um, like d- outside of the range of normally attract. I'm not saying I'm like a freak show, but even just being a tall or larger woman, uh, you already are kind of like put in that category a little bit. Mm. Um, so beyond like aesthetically, I love me a Marilyn Manson looking motherfucker. They also get what it's like to be bullied for not fitting into like the regular range and like i i there's compassion there's a lot of compassion built into that experience Mm -hmm. i think um you know but yeah yeah billy billy definitely got in our face a little bit about about this and i hate to say that perhaps he's right but Maybe you guys got it bad in certain areas. I'm. I also hate to say when Billy Presida is right about things. So <laughs> I think we're all. The, we all have that in common. <laughs> maybe we'll say the jury's still out. Yeah. Okay. Good. Let's let's meet in the middle ground. Um. We do. Um, we need to wrap up the show. But Sam, do you want to tell us about your album? Where can people pre-order it? Yes. Um. It is yes. Uh, my album. It's called Sweet Baby Boy. It is from Blonde <laughs> Medicine Records. Uh, it's so cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. It's available uh, for full purchase, full download on May 29th. Uh, but you can pre-order it now on iTunes, and with any pre-order, you get a free track available right away, instantly. So that's Ooh. very fun. Yeah. Very oh nice. God, I love it. And yeah. you know what? Yeah. A comedy album, I always say a comedy album is the perfect accoutrement to the podcast because yes. if you enjoy listening to podcasts and you like hearing people riff, then um, you would probably just as much enjoy popping on a comedy album and listening to somebody tell um, beautifully crafted jokes. It's just like a, yeah. the other side of the same coin. Yeah. I remember, I mean, Sam has been in New York doing comedy. How long, when did you start doing stand-up in New York City? Like, when did you move here? I moved here in January of 2013. Yeah. So I've been here for a minute, seven years. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I just remember, like, the minute, the first time I saw Sam, he was so incredibly funny. I mean, you're just, like, such an excellent comedian. And I mean that in every sense, performance, jokes, all of it, like, He's one of the few people that whenever Sam's on a show, I'm like, ooh, I'm excited to see what Sam is writing or doing. Um, So if you're a comedy fan, do yourself the fucking favor. Pop on your quarantine jammies and pre-order this album. Clean your fucking kitchen. Clean your kitchen and listen to a comedy album. You know it's going to help you focus and those dishes will be spotless. And you're going to laugh. Yes. It's it's so great. And this is your first album, right? It's my first album, yeah. And um, I feel pretty good about it. I have... Yeah. This is pretty funny, but I close on that album with a joke about my aunt's tits. <laughs> That's, and that sounds worse than it is, but... I love, it sounds better than it is. I love it. It's, it's just a joke based off of something that she said. And it's a good, it's a good joke. I'm really proud of it. But I didn't run it by her beforehand. And I definitely titled the track on the album as Aunt Dina. And uh, one of my cousins saw that 
told his mom, my Aunt Dina, that. And now I'm just, now I'm also kind of just, it's sort of like a time bomb for me where I'm like, well, she's definitely going to hear it. Oh and my God. You didn't even change the name. Yeah. No, you didn't really I bury the, the lead name. I could change even make the name. It, you didn't even make it Aunt Dana. No, nothing. <laughs> nothing could have changed anything I, about it. That's what's doing a comedy album. You do draw from, you know, people in your life. I, I went through a similar thing. I wanted to name my EP father because um, I thought it was really funny with the cum shot album cover. And there were hours of discussion with my mom about how I was going to get written out of the will <laughs> for disrespecting him on such a level. I think I still maintain that I think he would find it amusing, but yeah. it is. You're like capturing a moment in time and how you feel about your life and the people within it. So there's definitely, uh, especially if it's Aunt Dina's tits. Shout out to Aunt Dina's tits. Yeah, I'm sure they're great. <laughs> was she there during the recording? She was not there during the recording. It's based off of something she said to me. She came to a stand-up show. The jo- And she just, before I went up, I was like, you know, it's going to be a little dirty. And she was like, sweetheart, just don't go up there and talk about your Aunt Dina's little titties. And that's what the joke is about. <laughs> so. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I told, I've called I my mom it. several times to be like, hey, I don't know if Aunt Dina is going to lose her shit about this. And my mom's just like, well, whatever happens, happens. It's already done, though. That's the, yeah. that's the spirit. Yeah, yeah. That's the spirit. And that's the comedian's life, man. Absolutely. Um, just calling out family members and uh, making them real proud. That's what it's all about. Listen, she said it. And I'm buying the album now just to hear about her tits. Absolutely. So you have a customer in me. Um, <laughs> Sam, where can people follow what? you on social media? I am on all social media everywhere at really Sam Evans, R-E-A-L-L-Y yes. Sam Evans on everything. So check. And we will follow, we will put that in the in the notes of this episode. And you also have a podcast of your own, which I have been on. Yes. What a blast. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's uh, with my friend, uh, Jordan Scott Huggins. It's called up your butt and around the corner. And that's on also <laughs> at up your butt pod. So check us out. <laughs> it's so funny. It's the, it's like truly goofy in the most joyous way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I love a serious pod, mm-hmm. but sometimes when you just want to fucking talk about different types of food and what category they're in sure. and get fucking, Oh my God. Yeah. It's just, it's so much fun. Yeah. Sam is a delight. So follow him, consume him. Thanks for having me. Send him a sandwich in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks for being on. Yeah. You were a, a fucking joy. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, and you can follow us at Hot Mess Comedy Hour on Instagram and individually at Lubination and Andrea Comedy 69. And that is pretty much it. We'll be back next week with some more Hot Mess Entertainment. It's, it's a, a comedy, comedy podcast. podcast.